0: Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to talk about categories of physical exertion. I'd like us to explore this, could we call it a phenomenon? Could we call it a fact of life? Could we call it... Just one of those moments, which we can say was physically exhausting. And do the legwork. Get on board with this. Let me ask you, can you remember a time in your life when you had been totally, utterly exhausted? Physically exhausted to the point... Where the only thing you could do was to crawl to your bed and fall asleep. Now immediately when we say fall asleep, we can say, well I've been tired. And we can see that difference right now, can't we? There's a difference between being tired and being physically exhausted. Have you ever experimented with how long you can go without sleep? Have you ever really said, now, what happens if I really try and stay awake for as long as I possibly can? There's a lot to be learnt in that. There's a lot to be found. And it's usually around the age of 13 or 14 young teenagers when they start staying up more and more late, when their sleeping patterns change, that it's natural to want to explore what it means to have a relationship with sleep. You're tired of your parents sending you to bed at the same time. You just want to stay up late. You just want to stay up all night. Can you think back to that time? The very first time. When you stayed up the entire night and you did it just so that you could say, I've been up all night, I watched the sunrise, I'm having breakfast, it's a new day and I haven't slept. Can you remember that time? Can you remember that moment? Chances are there's a feeling that goes with that memory. Chances are you do remember it if you think hard enough. You can work out where you were, how old you were, what sort of things you were doing, and what sort of sensations were happening throughout the day as you went about doing whatever it was that you were doing with no sleep. I haven't slept. And the... Strength of an experience and how much it impresses impresses onto you depends on its extreme, depends on the nature of its feeling, the feeling of it, the experience of it, the exact nature of it. And sleep deprivation is one of those things that can make a strong impression on you. If you go into it deeply, things can happen when you are sleep-deprived that can radically change how you feel about your day or your experience of being in reality. Now, is it a permanent change or is it just an effect that happens? And there's also something to be said about the very first time you do this and whether you make a habit of it. And if you're always in moments of sleep deprivation then you're having problems. And the way we talk about it here is this is as if we do it with awareness as an experiment as a phenomenological adventure. but that's not always how sleep deprivation works. That's not always how sleeping problems occur. if they're happening without awareness, without an intention, without a exact clear plan as to why you're doing it, what you want to get out of it, and going into it consciously with your own choice, it's your own choice, well then that's different. And physical exertion, which is different to, of course, sleep deprivation, is one of these things, one of these powerful things, a very powerful thing that you must know about, which can make a very strong impression on you. Now, chances are, if you really think about it, you can remember a time in your life when you've been utterly physically exhausted. What did your legs feel like? What did your arms feel like? What did your shoulders and your neck feel? What did the soles of your feet feel like? And what was your walking like? Who were you with and what sort of things did you talk about? What sort of things were happening? Now, I've been on many bushwalks in my life, but at least a couple of them I've become very exhausted by. After a long day of hiking, you can be very exhausted. And I've worked many jobs in my life. Some of them are physically demanding. They're not physical jobs, but they just have a physical component to them. They're not, they're not physical labor jobs so much as just using the body. But there have been times when that overwork has been my complete exhaustion physically. Now, if you're in a job, chances are you're doing it every day. So you, you don't reach total exhaustion every day of your job. It doesn't happen all the time. And chances are there's, there's just a couple of times where in your job, depending on the job, it's, it's such a broad, there's so many jobs in this world, there's so many things that people do. But if there was a time when you reached complete exhaustion in your job, then it would have been surrounding something of significance. It would have been a big project. It would have been something important. It would have been a deadline. It would have been a big event. It would have been something that took lots of organization. It would have been something that was to be shown off, something that was a a day to be proud of or a day to talk about, a day to remember. Do you remember that day when we did this? Yeah, that was a day. That was a day we can talk about. And the new guys come along and we can tell them stories about that day. Maybe they'll have something like that happen to them. That's physical exhaustion through work. There's also physical exertion or physical... ...exhaustion... In exercise, how's your gym routine going? How's your weightlifting going? How's your cardio? All that stuff that you're doing every day is a part of your daily routine. Can you remember the last time you really went for it at the gym? Now, if you've got a refined gym routine and a very meticulous set of plans and processes that you've got out and particular goals, that's actually built into the routine. That's built into your program. is a day when you lift the, the heaviest and you lift it until you fail. Lift to fail. Because bodybuilders know that there's a moment in that lifting to fail where something occurs, where something grows. It's in those lift-to-fail days that the most breakthroughs happen. And an extreme bodybuilder, like a a bigger-the-muscle-better-style bodybuilder, they're doing a lot of that. They're doing very low reps with a very high weight, which takes a very small amount of time but really exhausts them. They might do a workout for only 30 minutes or 40 minutes, 50 minutes, something like this, but they're totally exhausted. They find that complete exhaustion. So there's something to be gained. And when it comes to work, it's the same. You've built something. When you've really worked hard at something, you've built it, you've accomplished it, you've ticked it off and you've said, yes, this is what we've made. This is what we've done. We've achieved something. And then, of course, also there's sports. Now, the funny thing about sports is when you're in a competitive sport, there there comes a time where it's showtime. It's game on. That moment where it's the final and your team has been working to this moment, to this game, all season, the stakes are high and it's you against them. It's your team against the other. Winner takes all. Now that attitude, that moment, that hysteria, that crazy whoa, or the pressure, that performance pressure, that whole thing which we can call simply game on, that is the moment where those sports stars are going to go for it no matter what. And they are going to run and do whatever it takes to work to complete exhaustion. They don't care how tired they are. Now, of course, it does depend on the sport. If you think of something like soccer, that involves a lot of running. If you are into soccer, you run a lot. You have to run fast, and you have to run for a long time. And you have to remain completely alert to what's going on around you. So it's a very intense kind of run. It's not a run like you're jogging. It's a run where you're being aware of the ball, which is changing, aware of the players, which is changing, aware of your own position and all the other positions. It's a a hyper-alertness. And that's why running on the soccer field in a game is very different to running on the treadmill, even though you might be running at the same speed for the same length of time. There's an added moment of, there's an added element of being alert and when it comes to grand final day these sports stars completely exhaust themselves and as if they wouldn't as if they wouldn't give it their all can can you imagine a Ronaldo or a Rooney or a Beckham getting to the end of their grand final soccer match. And they say, ah, you know, I could have just, yeah, yeah, we, we can just do another lap or two. Just let me do another lap. I, st- I still got something in me. I just need to burn off that extra energy. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Now, of course, they're energized. If they won, they won. So it's not entirely that they're going to crawl into bed after that and we're speaking so broadly it's so hard to to speak about sports broadly some not not all sports are physically demanding it's not as though you're going to be able to physically force yourself in the archery competition or the shooting competition or the synchronized swimming whatever i'm just <laughs> it's funny what comes to mind isn't it it's quite random And then there's another category of physical exertion, which is partying. Have you ever had a party till your feet fall off? Have you ever danced until your feet got blisters? There's been one time in my life when I have danced so much until I got blisters one time that i really clearly remember and i don't think there has been a time outside of that one time and for me that was because i was doing well i guess i went when i was younger i went to metal concerts which isn't really dancing which causes blisters that's more like a broken neck and a cracked jaw i <laughs> had i had a pretty bad jaw at the end of one of those metal concerts and a headache and a cracked neck to go with it. So (laughs) that was a physical exhaustion. That was total physical exhaustion. But it just didn't happen to be blisters on my feet. So dancing, partying, and really drinking alcohol takes a lot out of you. Really. Alcohol can just drain your whole energy. And if you're drinking, and you're drinking, and drinking, you become dehydrated, you become gluggy, and then you're talking more, and then you're using your body less efficiently. And then you wake up the next day with a massive hangover. You feel like shit. Really, alcohol just takes it completely out of you. And that is alcohol. You want to talk about physical exertion? if you've if you've known drinking then complete exhaustion is found through alcohol you've known this you've found this and it really works in a in a subtle way it really works in well i don't know about subtle it's just it, all these categories are unique they're quite unique in their own feeling like i'm sure i'm sure you can imagine the difference between getting to the end of your work program or your work project and being exhausted and waking up the next day after a big night of drinking and yet somehow they're both completely exhausting and they're both totally they've both taken everything out of you all of it out of you And that really gets to the point. Really, the difference there, the nuance there is what we want to find. What is the difference? Because we talk about these things, or at least here we're talking about these things in such a way that we have to say that they're similar. They're all in their own categories. But what's the difference? And there's also always this thing which is, oh, your body has stored energy so if you get to the end of your work program and you come in you slam down on the bed and you're exhausted you're totally exhausted but then the house starts to burn down somehow you still manage to jump up and run out of the house there's that old story and that gets to this thing of well what's your range what is your total and you can increase your total and that's what these soccer stars are doing when they're training, they're increasing their fitness ability, their strength, so much so that they can reach their total and their total is beyond that of the other team, of their competitors. So let me ask you, let's bring this back to you and me. Have you ever gone into something Telling yourself, I'm going to reach my total exhaustion in it, just like weightlifting, in order to increase my capacity. I'm going to do this beyond what I can do now, so that next time I can go even further beyond. And it might be that in some of these categories that strategy doesn't work. I don't encourage drinking. <laughs> are you are you sitting there saying, hey Dosta, this means we should have another beer? <laughs> Next time I'll drink an extra six pack for you, Dosta. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. You still need to have your values as to what's important to you. And that comes back to our initial question. Well, this this is this is a grand question. What would you be glad to be completely exhausted by? When would you be able to say, yes, I gave every single thing I have to this, and yet it was worth it? This project at work was worth it. This game in the grand final, the soccer grand final was worth it. You want to ask... Ronaldo, if it was worth it, of course he's going to say it's worth it. What a life. What a moment to be a part of. What a glorious, magical moment to win the grand final. And you can have a piece of that. You can find these things. And in in fact, you can use it as it's a rare opportunity. It's not all the time at work that you get the opportunity to work that hard to work yourself to exhaustion to exert yourself so hard. Not all jobs have that, not all jobs are of that nature. not all jobs are a are without a ceiling. In fact, many jobs the more you do. There's really not much more you can do than just basic, the, basically do the job. And in fact, there is a there is a culture in in business these days, and I've seen this. This is quite funny, which is that oh, there's always more to do. There's no glass ceiling. <laughs> Work until you really have done all that you can. This kind of attitude. This kind of. Yes, progress. Yes, expand. Expand our abilities. Yes, we must go on with it. We must be better today and then better again tomorrow and better every day. This kind of meme, this kind of attitude, has even come up in some in some jobs where you have to look at it and say, well, actually, no, there's not much more we can do. And this reminds me of a story of a friend of mine who saw this exact thing in one of the jobs he had. And he could see straight through it. He's quite an intelligent man. And it was very funny how he told me this story, which was that he went to this job, which was a logistics job. So packages would go from one place onto a truck, and then the truck would go to a certain destination and the packages would go off. And he was in this team that was work, working with the logistics of it. So programming and scheduling and packaging and shapes and sizes and weights and the whole thing. You know, the whole thing of logistics, is a, it's a big industry. There's a lot of complexes to it. There's ins and outs and all over the place. There's all sorts of things. And yet this logistics company had all these questions in the interviews and, and all this training about how can we be better? What can we do? What would you do in this situation? When there's nothing to do, what would you do? These sorts of things. And he was sort of thinking the whole time, look, we're a logistics company. The job is to get the thing onto the truck and then get it there. And for some reason, he he thought it was so strange that the logistics company couldn't just say that. Like, why do we have all this pent-up Smoke about, we have to be better. Well, really, just do the job and just do it good. And it's really not that hard. Just get the package onto the truck and the truck goes. And I said to him, well, that's the nature of progress. That's the rationalist meme. That's the success meme. This is orange on Spiral Dynamics. And the reason that company is like that is because if they're not like that, then some other company is going to come along and they will be like that. And that tiny little hair of a difference, that small difference that they they might catch from having that kind of attitude, might give them the competitive advantage and run them out of business. And it's, it, it, that's the exact thinking. That's the exact thinking that's overtaken this logistics company. Which is, someone else might come and beat us to it. So we have to compete. And of course, the other companies are thinking the same thing. We might go bust if we're not the best in the business. When really, a logistics company doesn't have too much. Well, it's it's... It's hard to put a blanket term over an entire industry but where that difference is where it lies is part of what opportunities you have and to see somewhere where there is an actual there is an actual opportunity to go for it and progress is real and the path of progress and improvement is something so that's not. Don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying that the progress meme is incorrect. We can't wipe it out completely. We can't write it off completely. But it's to recognize when it's right. To recognize a real opportunity. And now when I say opportunity, I've put it into this context of business and making money or working in a job. There are many ways to see the opportunity to physically exhaust yourself which is personal like going to the gym or dancing or even creativity working on your own creativity Are you a creative person Have you ever done creativity not for the purposes of making money or making a product or even an artwork it's just creativity for the sake of having your creativity juices flow and you realize that that kind of exertion is a threshold it's a ceiling there's a glass ceiling there and you can say i'm going to go into my creativity And I'm going to do it till it's it's dead. I'm going to overdo it. I'm going to be flogging the dead horse. Now, there is an attitude in creative people, which is, I'm just going to do creativity when I feel like it. And there is a great wisdom to that. There is a great wisdom to not forcing creativity and allowing it to flow naturally. So don't lose that. You need to try both. You need to try both, and yet they don't work together. Now, if you're in the habit of, oh, I only do creative things when I feel like it. I only do it when I have the inspiration. I only do it when it's really natural to me. Well, that's okay. If that works for you, if you're productive and you're prolific with that attitude, then there's no problem with that. A lot of the older, more experienced, creative people who have that attitude have actually been through a process of hitting their head against the wall and being very forceful with their creativity. I'm forcing myself to do this. I'm putting my mind to it and I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to go all in. I'm going to find every nook and cranny of creativity within me and I'm going to squeeze every last juice of it, every last drop. And it might be that 80% of the artworks or whatever it is that I'm making are shit. I won't use them. And that's a that's an attitude that you can take as a part of this. You can say, well let's make let's make five times as many artworks as I normally do. Or let's do a, let's do a creative, take your creative project now, times it by five and tell yourself, I'm going to do it five times over. I'm not going to do it once. I'm going to do it five times. And I'm going to do that in five times in the, in the amount that I was thinking I would do it in one time and do it knowing that the all five of these might not be good. They might not be usable. And at the end, you'll have to start over again. Now, if you go through that and you do get to the end, wow, you would have learned so much. And how easy it would be to do it one more time. How easy it would be to say, well, we've learned so much. We've done all these mistakes. Let me take a rest and then wait until I feel like it. And then you'll be able to see how much easier it is to do. Now, there is one thing that is very easy to exhaust yourself over. <laughs> Can you think of a time when you'd be happily, you'd happily stay up all night and you'd happily become exhausted by it? <laughs> and that is sex. When you finally meet that person and you hit it off and you've got that great connection. You're going to have sex till you drop. Now, depending on, on what level of development that you're at or where you're at in your life, this is just a point in life which people go through. Where you have sex until you're exhausted. And somehow that's an easy one. Somehow that's, that makes sense. That's part of sexual exploration. And really, there's something in that which is the same as the the soccer star or the creativity or the work project. There's something rewarding in that. So there is another way to go about this. So far, we've been talking about these as if they're do the work and then you get the result. And then in the case of sex, it's more like the thing unto itself is the reward unto itself. And there's a scale there. There are The, the creative project is often, or personal creativity is often like that. Creat- creativity is more like sex than working on a business project. So there's a difference there. There's a range, and it's a scale. And if we take this scale, can you see where it goes? Can you see where if we take this to an extreme, where it ends up? Let me tell you, let me say that you do something which completely physically exhausts you which gives you no reward. There's no point to it. There is no outcome to it. There's nothing you gain for it. Nothing to show. Can you imagine something like that? Is there anything like that? Is there anything that you could do Now, you could pick some of these, which you don't do, like, well, I don't exercise, so I'll do it with that. Or I don't do sports, I'm not a sports star, so I'll do it with that. Or I don't have creativity, so I can do it with that. Or I don't work, I don't have a job that can do that. So you can volunteer a job, which doesn't pay you volunteering something that you don't like, and then really work at it until you're completely exhausted. Now, in that, there's a moment, there's a lesson to be learned about meaning. There's a lesson to be learned about what you put your energies into and how energy flows, how your effort brings you certain things, how your effort changes you. And this really is the secret to Reverse engineering effort. Like this whole thing of effort, this whole thing of working, of putting something in, this is something you have to learn about. This is something you have to have mastery over. You need it for pre- productivity, you need it for your general well being. And you need it for your understanding for life. This this energy, this effort-to-reward ratio is, is central to your behaviors and your direction in life. And there's a very big lesson to be learned from doing something only for the purposes of exhausting yourself. And really make sure you get nothing out of it. There's really nothing to gain from it. And it's quite hard to do that. It's very hard to find something to do that because actually whatever you put effort into somehow ends up being meaningful. It somehow gives you something. And how that somehow, when I'm saying somehow, that's the mystery. That's the thing that can't be put into the words. That can't. That's the thing I can't explain to you. I'm giving you this technique. Do this with these conditions, equals, well, it's for you to find out, it's experiential. Now, there is another one, another category that comes to mind, and that is travel. Now, traveling, if you're traveling around the world, you get jet lag. And traveling on trains, boats, planes, buses, cars, and the whatnot, they have an energetic thing to them. There is something in the energy body which happens when you travel. Your aura. And that is very exhausting. Travel ta- Travel is, is, is a very unique kind of exhaustion not like work or exercise or sports or sex or creativity or partying complete exhaustion can come from travel and there's a point there which is you want to be in a different place you want to be somewhere where something will happen And oftentimes when I've traveled, (laughs) I've become so exhausted. Well, I'm actually quite good with travel. I'm quite good with jet lag. Because I've experimented so much with sleep deprivation. (laughs) Sleep deprivation is a skill. This changing of the sleep patterns is a skill. Of course, now I sleep like a grandpa. I am a bit of a grandpa these days. But in my time, at certain times in life... I've been completely exhausted by travel and felt, oh, why did I do this? Why did I go to all the trouble? Because with travel, the the trade is never, it's never this equals this. It's not like in the sports grand final where you say, I did all this work and here's my reward. Or I did this work project and here's the payoff. With travel, it's not so clear. Because the things that will happen to you in that place, this new place that you go, don't always happen straight away. It might be quite boring in a new place. It might be quite bland. But travel, it really does have its own feeling to it. When you've had four flights, there's a four hour layover between all of them, and one of the flights is delayed, and you're flying against the sun, so your jet lag is tripled. And you can't eat any of the food because you're vegetarian. So you're also starved. And you got a heavy bag with all those books that you've been reading. So your shoulders are sore. <laughs> That's exhaustion. That really is an exhaustion. A total exhaustion. And then you arrive and it's 9 o'clock in the morning and the only thing you want to do is sleep. But you know it's 9 o'clock in the morning. If you sleep, you're... You're not going to adjust. So you have to stay awake. You have to stay up for another nine or ten hours, something like this. So travel does have its own exhaustion. Now when we talk about opening your, expanding your range of ability of exhaustion, we're not only looking at this as expanding productivity and expanding your ability. More importantly, what we're looking for is the variety of feelings that you have. And really, this is where this conversation started, which is having something make an impression on you. And when we think back to those times when we've been completely physically exhausted, we can remember. There's a memory there. Now, wouldn't more memories, more rich memories, make for a deeper life? And the answer is, the short answer is yes, they do. There's a bigger answer to that. There's a bigger question to that. But we really want a range of things. And physical exhaustion has a number of ways to, to to do that and there's a number of reasons why it does that for one it gives you a different kind of heartbeat if you want a range if you want range you have variation in your heartbeat you also have variation in your breath so often during this exer- exerting of Physical work or phys- physicality, your heartbeat is elevated to a very high rate, and your breath is elevated, your respiratory system is worked. And that's what these all have in, com- in common exercise, sports, sex, creativity, travel. Well, I don't know about travel, but at least that's something that's physically clear which is how much range you have in your personal experience, your subjective experience. Now, normally when you're going through life, your heart rate, on a normal day, consider this, on a normal day, how much does your heartbeat change? Does it have very high and then very low amounts? Because you've got a top and you've got a bottom of fast heartbeat and slow heartbeat. But then you've got everything in between. Because you might have your morning and you work something out to be very high heartbeat and then you come down during the day and then in the afternoon it goes up again. And these things can work with that. These things can do this. Creativity or partying or dancing or sex. You can use sex for this. You can have sex in the morning to raise your breath and your heartbeat. And then during the day, have your meditation to relax. And then you dance in the afternoon or you work in the afternoon or you exercise in the afternoon. And this brings it back up again. And there's a a whole way around. There's a whole complex to how many variations, like how many times can you have a peak with your heartbeat in one day with a full drop in between each one? And let me tell you, at the end of a day like that, you're going to be thinking, whoa, what a day. That was a massive day. You did so much. And there's so much that you will remember from that day. If not long-term, at least for the immediate time. So this whole thing of heartbeat and breath, and then also there's just body movements, like the positions that your body, the sort of movements that your limbs do the sort of actions, the sort of positions they're in, the sort of motions, the motion of your body. Now, when we talk about motion of the the body in relation to physical exhaustion, well, then we're talking about physical body, and there's a difference between... that. This is really just one part of even a larger number of categories, which is... You can also have emotional exhaustion. You can also have cognitive exhaustion. So when we talk about work, there's, there's physical labor. So that would be the guy that's laying bricks in the sun all day. The man that's chopping wood, that's physical labor. But then there's also emotional labor. And there's cognitive labor. So if you're sitting on a laptop in an office and you're just staring at the screen using your fingers, you're not going to be physically exhausted at the end of that day. But you might be cognitively exhausted. So differentiate these types of exhaustion, which is here. So we've got categories of physical exhaustion. But then there's also categories of exhaustion more broadly. And if you can add this into, so we're talking about the heartbeat, very high and very low. Now, you can have a very high heartbeat from a physical activity, but you can also have a very high heart rate from an emotional activity. There's an emotional labor there. And when you start changing these around, you start making these very powerful day, this this very powerful routine, this very colorful life. And it's a colorful life which is experiential. You see, on the outside, you're doing normal things. You're doing these very normal things. And they're all accessible to you. Work is accessible to you. Creativity is accessible to you. There is nothing stopping you from having a piece of paper and a pen to do some drawing, to just doodle. There's There's no barrier to it there is absolutely no barrier to creativity and it's the same with dance it's the same with well sex we get into our we get into our relationship things when we talk about sex so let's leave sex out of it but sports or going for a run or exercise all these things are available so it's possible to build them up and to really look at this like now how do i how do I work my extremes? How do I strategically place my extremes? And I say, this is what my extreme is going to be. And I'm going to do it for the purpose of the purpose of saying, well, I want my heart rate to be as fast as it's ever been and my breathing to be as deep as it's ever been for at least that time. And how often can I have that happen? And how will I be glad? What would I be glad to have done? As that's happening. And you can even choose things for the sake of just for that. I'm doing this not to get fit. Not for burning fat or for getting strong. I'm actually doing this exercise just for the experience. It all comes back to experientialism. That's really the the phenomenological experience i know i harp on and on about this but this is what it comes back to a colorful life on the inside you're reverse engineering your outside things to make it on the inside so colorful and these new feelings of being energized come up through these categories And as always, you need to pick from each of them. You need to pick them. You need to have a wide variety. So not only do you expand physical ability, but you also expand energetic ability. This gets a little bit tricky to talk about because we can say, does the energy move the physical body? Or does the physical body move the energy? And the exact answer to that question is to experiment, is to do it. And the trick with the energy body, well, how do we how do you separate out see, if you would scientifically answer that, if you were to, to do that as a How do we say uh, every permutation of that question of physical energy or, sorry, physical body and then energy. And what's the relationship between the two? Well, we do it as what we always do with everything is we'd put it into an extreme. We'd try both to the extreme. So you would push your physical body specifically for the purposes of affecting the energy body as hard and as much as you can and you try every possible technique that you would that does that. And in that scenario, you're saying that the physical body affects the energy body. You're assuming it. That's your working hypothesis. That's your testing hypothesis. That's what you begin with. And then you reverse it. You say, well, how do I affect my physical body Only through the energy body. How do I work the energy body without the physical energy body? The the physical body, sorry. So in that scenario, your physical body would remain still as a statue. It would be perfectly still. And yet you'd be doing the things that affect the energy body. So imagine standing perfectly still and standing in front of speakers and having your music come through you. Your music is energetic. Music comes in an energetic form. So that's just one example of how you would do that. Or you can stand in a very windy place. Now, if you live by the coast, if you're lucky enough to live by the coast, you can actually get in touch with this by standing where there are very violent waves and it's very windy. You go and you stand right on the, the rocks, there's big waves crashing in, and there's lots of wind all around, and you stay as still, physical body, as very still as you possibly can, and you really stay there, and you really listen, and you're taking it, you, remember, you're taking this to an extreme, you're testing this hypothesis of what affects what, the physical body or the energy body. And if you've got some sensitivity, you've got some awareness, you'll notice the difference. You'll feel the difference. After standing there by the ocean for an hour or two, you'll walk away and you'll have the energy body activated. And this is just, I'm not convincing you of anything. I don't need to convince you of this. I'm simply giving you the technique. That's why. That's why all of this is scientific. All of this is A plus B equals C, and it really is as A, as simple as A B C. There's nothing more simple than standing perfectly still by the ocean, and yet it and, and yet it's it's so. See, this is why I'm talking about it. This is why I'm really trying to put emphasis into it, because it's so powerful for opening up. The varieties of your inner world, the categories of your exhaustion, and understanding the differences and their effects is all about this variety, your experiential variety. So don't take this as to be so simple, well, simple but significant. Simple but meaningful. Simple but very valuable. And so many awareness techniques and consciousness techniques, they're, they're easy to overlook because of how simple they are. And really, it's, it's so simple. It's, it, just just take that example of standing by the ocean. Just that one by itself is so... How, like, how is that advice... How is that advice at all? Really? Hey, go and stand by the ocean for an hour. Really? That's your advice? (laughs) Thanks very much. But no thanks. (laughs) But here I'm telling you, no, you should do it. Because that is one of your categories. of the inner world. And each category needs to be tested. Each category needs to be put to its extreme. Each category needs to be perfectly clear in what it feels to you, how it is experienced to you. And no one else can do this for you. And the whole purpose is to have Variety of your personal experience. Variety of your inner world. A colorful inner world. Imagine a day where you have physical work. and You have your physical exercise. And you have sex. And you have your creativity. And you dance. And you spend time standing at the beach. Listening to the waves. Listening to the energy of the waves. And between each of these highly exhilarating things as they are. Between each of them. You are becoming very relaxed. You're finding the low point of your heart rate. You're slowing your breath. Now we've done a whole series on learning to breathe. We know how important it, is, how important it is, and how dramatic it is. So imagine slowing your breath between each of these and having heightened heart rate and heightened breath during them all. Now that that is a day that will really it. I can't... There's no way I can describe what that feels like to you. There's no way I can even... It's... uh, I, I really am speechless. And even if only half of these are available to you, you say, well, I don't do sports, or I don't have a girlfriend, or I'm not creativity. Even if you do half of these, and you have four points of highs and lows, then, whoa, that's, that's a world of difference from what you're doing now. That's a world of difference of how much variety there is in your day. Every day is different. Every day is a new day. Have you heard that saying? Have you heard that old insight? It's probably on some Cheesy quote somewhere on the internet, right? With some inspirational speaker, his picture of his face next to it. Yeah, that's great. But how do we go about realizing that? This is how. Understanding your physical exertion. Your physical exhaustion categories. So to end, let's have a little bit of practice of staying still. So that when you do go to the beach, you're able to stay still. And you're quite good at it. You've got some skills with you. So if it's comfortable for you to do so, stop what you're doing. And this time we won't sit down. This time stay standing. So if you can stand up, Place your feet firmly on the floor, firmly on the ground, and close your eyes for just a few minutes, and stay as still as you possibly can. Breathe slowly, and relax, but do not move as you stand there. And just for a few minutes, stay still with your eyes closed to practice your relaxed nothingness. And that's all I have to say for now.